You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. I'm so excited that this week joining me, I have the incredible Audrey Diaz. Um, She is a fierce, fierce woman of faith. Um, And I think that for me, that's probably what attracts me to her most. And then, of course, um, she is a fierce mom. She is an entrepreneur. She's a faith-led coach. There's just so many things um, that... Audrey attaches her name to, and I think that she does everything uh, at such a high level of excellency. And so this week, I really wanted to chat with her on this idea around faith, family, and finding balance. Because I think a lot of times when people look at women like Audrey or even women like me on social media, it's really easy um, to believe that it's easy for us, Mm -hmm. but it really isn't. Um, And there's a lot of intentionality, I believe, that comes with leading a life that one is centered on Christ and then how we allow that to flow through every other part of our lives. Um, So I guess, Audrey, I want us to kind of get right into the conversation because you do make it look easy. You do make it look effortless. Um, how have you been able to make it seem so easy when I know that it really, it really isn't? (laughs) No, it's not. But before we get started, I just want to thank you again for having me on your platform. You are someone that I look up to so much because you really are fearless in speaking about your love for God, putting him first, honoring him in everything that you do. And I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for role models like you, women that are unafraid to say, I love Jesus and I want more out of life. And that more is always going to be grounded in him. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you for that. And I, you know, I think my, my greatest hope and prayer with any of the work that I do is that women, um, become more bold in the way that they share their love um, for Christ. And I say that because when I first decided to shift, I spoke about this briefly earlier this week in my um, Instagram stories. Um, When I first started sharing on social media, it was not, well, I was at a different, I was at a different point in my journey with Christ. Like I've always believed in the Lord. I was raised Catholic, I had all my sacraments done, raised in a, um, I got married in a Catholic church. My husband's a Catholic school boy. So God has always been a very present part of my life, but I wasn't always so vocal about it. And so when I first started sharing on social media, I was doing so in the capacity of a writer. Like that was just how I was sharing my writing and all the work that I was doing. But then I got to a point in my life where my journey with Christ became the center of my life. Mm. And I was 
being called to share that, but I was afraid to share it because I was like, well, what's going to happen to my community online? I'm probably going to lose followers. People are going to, some people might be offended, um, you know, because we know that the world resists Jesus and his following, and it makes it really hard to walk that path. But the closer I got to God, the more bold I got. And I was like, I, I started to care less about the what the world thought of me or said, and more about how do I become more obedient to what God is saying. So I, I appreciate that you said that, because I think there is a fear that many of us walk with when we decide if we're going to be loud about our relationship with Absolutely. Christ. And I love that you said all that because I believe conversion is an ongoing process. Jesus is not one and done with us. It's like every day he's going to keep convicting you of places where he needs to grow you and open you up and have you expand what you're doing. Um, and with that, I, I just really think that the things that we go through in life are what's going to keep opening us up to those possibilities. So I'm right now where you were, where I'm, I just changed my Instagram bio to faith-led life coach. How, how difficult was it for you to do that? Very difficult and, and not very difficult in terms of I struggle to do it. It's more like, you know, you need to do it. Jesus gave you the conviction that you need to do it, but it's kind of like you press the done button and you're like, ah. mm. <laughs> yeah, I think a part of us are still because we're human right because we're human a part of us is still seeking validation and acceptance from the world as we continue to work as soon as we continue to walk the walk because mm -hmm. it's not easy no it's not um but even when I think about there's a lot of things I think about obviously but when you were introducing me in the beginning of the podcast I was thinking in my head what I really want in my life my real goal is to one day be able to hear well done good and faithful servant yes Ooh, I just got chills yeah I that's all that's all I really want and I think that having my relationship with Jesus um has really taught me that my goal is what kind of life am I going to have after I pass away Nothing else here matters. So the opinions of people don't really matter as much as they may stink temporarily, right? Because it's not like we can isolate and talk about Jesus just with our friends who believe in Jesus. We have to go out into the world. But in going back to him in our moments of prayer, just like he did, you know, he would go off on his own to pray every day. In those moments, God refreshes you and reminds you of what really matters, and so being here and you invited me on to be able to speak about how I find balance with my family, I think that in that same conversion and where I am right now in my relationship with God, he's really brought me back to your first church is your household. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Your first church is your household. And it's beautiful that you're out there wanting to do so many things for other women, but how about your kids at home? That's what, so how, yeah. How present are you with your kids? What are you instilling? Are you really instilling that faith in them? 
because I think sometimes we kind of do depend on other people to do it for us. Yeah, absolutely. How, well, how do you do that with your boys? Because uh, you're a mom of three boys. Mm -hmm. um, how do you instill that faith that they um, in turn, right? The, the hope is that they internalize it, that they themselves seek their own relationship with the Lord and then go out into the world knowing not just who they are, but whose they are and that mm. they are equipped and that they are enough. And I, I, I think that, you know, for um, brown and black boys specifically, like it's just really difficult um, to kind of go out in, in, in this world. Um, so what does that look like practically in your home? I've always prayed with them. And I remember them being little and I would, <laughs> there's on, on Apple music, there's this uh, Bible songs, like, you know, father Abraham yeah. <laughs> and things like that. I would always have that there. So there would be this understanding of the characters in the Bible, even though maybe they were too young at that moment to read the Bible, but something Nancy that I've really been starting to do in the last year. So we pray in the morning, we go to church on the weekends, we do all of these things, but we know there's always like kind of a disconnect when you're young. Yeah. That it's it takes like that personal conversion with right. Jesus for you to really step into it. But what I started to do is, you know, we have as women, we have this morning routine and we advocate it so much. I'm going to get up. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to work out. I needed an evening routine mm. because I realized like the moment that they come out of school and get to my car, my energy is zapped. Yeah. <laughs> they take That's... it out of me. Oh, and I, then I know. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the homework and the dinner and all the rambunctious energy. And you're just like, ah, I can't wait to put you to bed. But then I realized like, I need to be able to connect with them at this time. Right. And so what we've been doing is reading the Bible together, praying together, talking about our day. I'll play worship music. And I started, um, so we're reading the Bible together, but there's also like a verse. I've I've written down some of my favorite Bible verses that have gotten me through hard times mm -hmm. and I'm teaching them to them. So what I'll do is like, if something gets hard, I'm like, Philippians 4.13, what did it say? <laughs> I love that. You know, and I love that you say that because the last time you and I spoke and I was on your podcast, we talked about this idea around affirmations, right? And you mm -hmm. asked me if I had... What, what I believed about affirmations. Um, and, you know, I do believe in them, but like I mentioned in your podcast, like I believe in biblical affirmations now where I'm taking the focus over off of me, right? And what I can do and really affirming um, what I can do through Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. so I love that that's part of your daily practice with your boys. And I will admit, I don't, I don't do that with my girls, but I think that I absolutely am going to, because especially, um, and I know you have a teenager, right? He's about to go yeah. to high school, like congratulations. Got accepted. Thank you. <laughs> got accepted to all of the schools of his choice. And that is a, like, I feel like high school is a really tough time for so many of our kids. And so the fact that you're arming him with the tools of, you know, like arming our, arming our kids with the word of the Lord equips them to kind of tackle anything that may come their way. The enemy is going to try to come for our kids. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you do that. I, I love that you are providing 
um, that option for not just for me, but for, for whoever is listening to this podcast, that we do have to be intentional about what we're filling our children with mm-hmm. and have they been really receptive to that like do they enjoy it I feel like my girl's a little resi- resistant right now well my 13 year old sometimes he does fall asleep okay but I know it's clicking because not only is it me okay let's read the bible now this is my favorite bible verse and and drilling it into them it's a time for us to really talk about how was your day connecting knowing that they have my attention for that it, it takes us about 45 ish minutes to an hour but they know that that time is very intentional and it's dedicated to them. And I think that that's what's making the biggest difference. Mm. Um, so he's he's a, he sits with me uh, politely, you know, even though he'll like fall asleep sometimes. But my 11-year-old is very dedicated to it. Wow. Very dedicated to it. So he's like, mom, I want the same Bible that you have. Mm. I <laughs> and love I'm like, oh, Yeah. And it just goes to show that um, our children really are paying attention, right? So even if your oldest son is just politely sitting with you, um, the routine of it, the structure of it um, is teaching him that my mother cares enough about me that she wants to spend time with me, Mm -hmm. that she wants to share with me the things that are important to her, right? Because, you know, a part of it too is like they're teenagers and they're also exhausted from their day and -hmm. being able to kind of recognize that. But the fact that he's still there and he's with you, um, I think is setting the foundation for his future and for him understanding like when things are important to me, I make the time for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, it's it's not just either just giving them the verse. I I believe because our my parents probably didn't do this not because they didn't want to, but because they had so much going on as as immigrants, so much work to not be able to dedicate the time in the same way. I want to be open about my feelings and the things that I'm going through as well. So, for example, when the verse was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that verse for me is what helped me when I was terrified about what college was I going to pick. Mm. I lived in the Dominican Republic at the time. And so at that point I was coming back to the States and that felt like such a big, heavy decision at the time. And I was terrified. So just to be able to share that with him where he is right now, picking a high school and knowing things are going to look very different for me next year, just hoping like, wow, this, this got my mom through this and hopefully he'll be able to hold on to that for himself. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you talk a lot about that I also appreciate is being a daughter of immigrants um, and what it looks like to be like a first gen Latina in this country. Um, And we know um, that for many of us, many of our parents, um, our grandparents, they lived a life of survival, right? So it was all about just making ends meet how could they create a better future um you know for their kids and so we have the benefit now of all of the sacrifices that they have made right so as a daughter of immigrants how much of your family's journey um influenced 
who you are today, who you are becoming, and some of the values that you hold to be like the pillars of the way um, you lead and live your life? Wow, what a beautiful question, Nancy. And the answer to that is almost everything. So I remember being 12 years old the first day that my father took a day off. So my parents uh, were blessed to be able to go into the supermarket business, to own a supermarket with uh, my dad's brothers. Mm-hmm. My mom was a cashier in the supermarket when she came from the Dominican Republic. So she was aware of like, okay, Effectivo Cash, yeah. uh, WIC, EBT. Back then it was food stamps. Um, so they put her in the office because they're like, okay, so she knows how to deal with this. We'll work the floor. My father was always interested in how the office operated. Mm-hmm. And his brothers would get on his case because he wasn't like facing the aisles. He he wanted to learn like, okay, so what happens? what happens with the money flow? Yeah. yeah. And their work ethic made it so that they were able to... Sp- not only pay back that loan, but invest in other supermarkets and they were able to grow in that way. And I was able to see the results of that sacrifice. So it was, I was 12 years old the first day that he took a day off. It was a Sunday. Wow. And I was like, wow, my dad's home with us. And then life after that looked very different because they were able to buy a nicer house. We moved to the suburbs. I remember like, wow, I have grass (laughs) from living in Queens, you know? Um, so when it came time for me to go to college and my father only got his GED afterwards because he wanted it to be something that he had, you know? So I love, I love love to hear these stories, like, because it just speaks of what is possible when you have a bigger vision mm -hmm. for yourself. And when you even though you might be afraid, right? Because thinking about your parents' um, journey, right? The fact that they came here from the Dominican Republic, you're in a new land, in a new environment. You don't know the language. You don't know the language. And then everything about being in America is different. It's, and then if you, when you're in New York and you're, you're facing like the elements of the weather, like freezing cold, snow, things that you, you're not accustomed to, like all of these things that, could break a person right you know what's so interesting about this nancy though that if we think about that sacrifice that our parents made they didn't have the luxury to overthink or be afraid you're right (laughs) you're right so that for me it's it's such a privilege then to be in this position and be able to do the work that we do so For me, it's that torch. And I actually spoke about this on my social media this week. I know sometimes it gets like a bad rap. Like I had no one to help me fill up the, fill out the FAFSA form and all of these things. Yes. But also, but also, also, yeah, the work ethic, the vision, this American dream, even though, you know, there's so many things that you could say about this country, but it's still such a blessing from God to be able to come here and make something of your life. Yeah. And, you know, I love that. Um, And in the same vein, sometimes it upsets me when those of us who have been born, right, with the privilege of being here, right, we're born here, we are afforded 
um, for all intents and purposes, right, the same opportunities as everyone else. And yet there's a handful of people who don't take advantage of those opportunities and they they um, walk through life almost as victims because, oh, this happened to me or that happened to me. And then you have individuals, right, like your parents who come here and have to deal with whatever um, barriers it is, you know, to live here, make a life here, be able to open businesses here, but they don't let any of that, they don't let any of the barriers, any of the challenges stop them. They still go forth, they do it, they contribute to our society positively, like literally feeding our communities, right? By having right. These supermarkets. Um, how do you take that same ambition and work ethic um, and remind like your boys of the privilege it is to be able to do that? Because I think sometimes too, that children uh, take things for granted. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's kind of a rite of passage, though. I think each of us, even in our walk with Jesus, Jesus yeah. is going to make sure that there's a moment that you can't ignore him anymore. Um, I remember because uh, my big thing is discipline and I wasn't always like that. But God woke it up in me because it was ingrained in me. My father used to wake us up like at eight o'clock in the morning when we were teenagers and say, produce, produce, produce. Mm. I'm like, produce what? What do you want me to do? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> like I, I'm getting good grades in school. But what he meant is like, get up and do something with your life. Yeah. You know, go work out and, and not even in a toxic way, but move your body. It's a gift. Find something to do. Go mm. read a book. And it's to this day, the way that he lives his life, both of my parents, even if they don't have anything to do per se mm -hmm. um but they get up every day at seven o'clock in the morning to pray together then they work out and then they're reading and i i i see the way it like blows my mind the way i've become that way mm. really just because hard. yeah just because of the way the things that have happened in my life it's made me realize like okay you know, and, and outside of our faith, right, we have to be able to see like, well, what do other successful people do? People whose lives I admire. Let me try that. And that comes down to being coachable. So if you're that person that has like that victim mindset, that just shows that you're stuck in your own ways. And you're looking to justify everything that you think and everything that you feel. But there has to come a moment where you're like, clearly what I'm doing and the way I'm thinking is not working for me. And the only person that's going to change that is me. So let me see <laughs> what other people are doing so that I could do the same thing. Oh, I love that you said that. And it's like the perfect segue to kind of talk about the work that you do as a faith-led coach and to talk about the work that you do with the Dream Lab. Um, and so I guess I want to ask you, when did you know that you wanted to become a coach and specifically work with women and help women um, create the lives that God intended for, for us to live. This is interesting because, and, and I want the women listening to this podcast, men and women, um, to know that there's always a purpose in everything that you do in your life. Because I can't say that there was a moment but there's always been this undercurrent of, I want to be able to help people. 
You are tuned in to the Women of Faith podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Can I tell you kind of a long story and, yes, and try to absolutely. okay? Yes, go this for is, it. This is amazing, and, and and this is all glory to God because it's kind of like He has to knock me on the head a couple of times for me to really pay attention, but. I started well, working in the music for all of us, right? I, I'm so glad because sometimes I feel like sometimes <laughs> I feel like Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm hard to deal with and stubborn. <laughs> Girl, we are all there, and sometimes it takes hard, hard lessons for us to learn, right? Because we will continue to repeat the same lesson over and over again, and we're stubborn and we don't listen until the one time where it's like, oh, wait a minute. Mm. But go wow, ahead. but he's so, he's so good. He's so kind. He's so good and kind and gentle with us. Um. Out of college, I wanted to work in the music industry and I did it. I made it happen. Um, And then I got to a point that I'm like, I am tired of these artists and helping them sell one more album. Like I wish that I could put my efforts into helping people. And during that time, I was getting certified in what's called pastoral formation that would equip me to be able to help people in ministry. Mm. So it was a two-year certification And that was so instrumental in me leaving the music industry. But back then, I never heard of what a coach is. I never thought I could make a career out of it. I was even leading a Bible study at that moment called The Water Walkers. And I was thinking, like, I wish this could be my career. Mm. Right. So I had a retreat one weekend and I came straight from the city drove to my car at the train station, drove all the way to the end of Long Island for the retreat. And I'm sitting there tired, just the weight of my job and not wanting to be there anymore, but not knowing what I was going to do next. And I see this guy walk in and I'm like, oh, I don't know. There was something peculiar about him. And I see him sit down, the retreat starts. And then I see him leave like 20 minutes later. I'm like, why would you just walk out when the retreat just got started? He comes back And the session ends that night and he gives me the book, The Alchemist. And he's like, I don't know why, but I feel like you really need this book. Wow. And at that moment, you know how sometimes we're at this moment with God, we're like, I just need a sign, God, just give me some kind of sign. I'm like, God, is this the sign? (laughs) So I go back to my room that night and I, I read the whole book that weekend. And I was so touched by it because for the first time in my life, I it really solidified the idea that those dreams that God puts in your heart are the things that you are meant to carry out. Up until then, I thought this is just like a hobby that I love and there's no way to turn this into my life's calling. But that gave me the permission that set my heart on fire. And I wrote him this long email telling him like, thank you for this and telling him a little bit about how I was feeling in my life. Little did I know he's actually Paulo Coelho's editor. Yes. And oh, he, he sent the, he sent my email to Paolo and I got an email from Paolo like wow. at one o'clock, like at one o'clock in the morning one day telling me how much it meant to him to hear my story with the alchemist. Wow. Oh my God. Talk about a sign, Audrey. Right. I still can't believe that happened to me, <laughs> but I feel like ever since that moment, it's just finding what that thing is finding, um, how I was going to be able to serve people and help people. And it wasn't until I was doing beach body, not body. And I was a a fitness coach and I grew really well in that 
for that company. So I, I was, was a beach body coach too for a while from like 2016. I probably did it for like two years, but then it became so overwhelming. Like having all these people like depend on me. And I was like, I, I, I just, God, I can't do this. <laughs> I loved it because it was for, that was really the place in which I found wow, I'm able to help people and I'm being compensated because let's face right. it, like we want to be yes. able to also get paid for what we do as we should. Uh, I loved it. I thrived and I love the personal development aspect of the business, how they make you work on yourself. Um, but what I realized, Nancy, is that I could give the woman a meal plan, check in on her with the workout she's supposed to be doing. If she didn't believe in herself, if she didn't have the confidence, yeah. she was going to leave it right there collecting dust and yeah. not do a thing about it. And I found myself really coaching on mindset versus like, go do that workout, yeah. you know, make sure you're eating more protein. And that's what I'd love to do. And um, that's when I had the idea for the first Dream Lab conference. And since it was a conference, I'm like, who else do I know that could help me in this space? And I called up Sabrina Castillo because she and I met in the music industry and we did a conference together back then look at that yeah and the dream lab was born oh my gosh I so coaching was almost like it found you versus you finding it you just had the desire um to help to serve like I feel like that was probably always within you and then God really just coordinated the pieces for you to make that happen. And I think now what we're even seeing more from you is this, um, you're putting your faith at the forefront of mm -hmm. the coaching. So now it's not just about coaching women on mindset, but, uh, you know, more so on, and this is like forging their mind or their identity on who Christ created them to be, right? Because yes. I think that really all our mindset is what we believe about ourselves. And for many, um, we allow ourselves to be infected by these expectations that the world puts on us that may not be healthy expectations. And then when we don't measure up to those expectations, we have low self-esteem, we struggle with confidence, and I think that we have to help women get back to reclaiming their identity in Christ. Because when you know who you are and whose you are and what he created you for, then the, the external voices of the world become smaller and the voice of God becomes louder. And that gives us the confidence to go and do and be what we're supposed to. Reach it. <laughs> there's so much I want to say to that um but first let me say like my favorite parable is a parable of the talents and I want to be able to really speak to your audience right now because we do ourselves a disservice when we don't really own the gifts God has given us and I know that you feel this way too Nancy I just know it because I know this is your calling you have you know this is your calling. What you're doing yeah. right now is your calling. And it's not like, and I could say the same thing. It's not because like my ego, like I am so good at this. I know this is a gift he gave me. 
it's that talent that he gave me. And so it's not, it's not, let me show off and build this coaching business. I honestly don't even, to be honest, if I'm going to be a hundred percent, I don't even feel like I'm good at it. I just have a desire to get it out there. And what my prayer is every single time, honestly, is like, God, just fill me with whatever is the message you want me to give. I pray over my podcast. Whenever I have speaking engagements, I pray over that. Um, I am learning to take myself out of anything that I do and learning to just give it to God. And I'm not saying like, I was not always like that. There was always, there was a time where I felt like I was coming in with my own gifts and talents. What I'm recognizing is that nothing is of my own, mm-hmm. nothing. And if I'm mm-hmm. good at something, it's only because God is giving me the ability to be good at that. And I also recognize though, that to be good and to be great means that I have to practice, practice what that means like that's why I'm in the Bible every single day. I'm really in there because it gives us guidance on how to approach the world when the enemy tries to attack my mind. Because I know you know this, Audrey. Like we, even as confident as we may be, there are still moments where we doubt ourselves and we question, like, "Wow, am I doing this correctly, God?" Like, and the enemy will use that doubt to try to keep us from going to where God is calling. And if you don't know the word of the Lord and what he promised over your life, the enemy will win. Yes. I mean, I appreciate you saying that, but I honestly, I'm in a a space where it's like, God just lead me there. And I want women who, or men, whoever's listening to this right now is that you're going to doubt yourself, but where you can't, God can. So stop leaning on your own strength and your own confidence and just go forth knowing that if you believe in God and his promises, whatever you do, you will succeed at because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't serve a God of failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and th- but that's exactly what it is, right? You know, that it's his gift. Yeah. It's his gift. And we could be like that. Um, like the one that went and dug it in a hole because he was scared. But that's doing God a disservice. It's not, God didn't give me this gift because he wants Audrey to have it, Nancy to have it. He gave it to you because he trusts us to go out and multiply that gift. Yeah. Ooh, so it's it's a responsibility in his name. It's not for me and my glory. It's for his glory. Oh my God, I'm getting chills, honestly. And I could, I can talk to you for hours, <laughs> hours. And so- you have this gift. You recognize that God has given you the gift, not for you, but to multiply it, right? And the multiplication looks like helping others step into their own gifts. That's really mm-hmm. what it is, is helping others realize that they too have been given a gift from the Lord and how can they um, release that into the world? Exactly. And as my relationship with Christ deepens and as, you know, because we go through so many things in life, right? And as I go through so many things and see other women going through things, I cannot coach a woman honestly from the heart and not tell her that she needs to center her heart on Christ. Mm. 
I can't. And I can say a lot of things like do personal development, you know, um, believe in yourself, do your affirmations, but that that's not the core of it. It's just not. Mm. Have you ever encountered a client in your work as a coach that is struggling with their relationship with Christ or maybe you know, has been hurt in the past yeah. um, in some way. Um, how do you coach a woman through that season of her life? I think we just have to sit there with them and meet them where they are. We can't, we can never force anything upon somebody, push anybody in that direction because it's it's not us, it's Jesus that does the work. So if you're my client, I'm going to pray for you. But I'm also going to sit there with you and never, never allow you to feel judged because we've all been there too, right? And, and something that I love about Jesus is if you notice in the scripture, he touched everybody in a different way. Yeah. So to some, he just spoke. To some, he had to go touch. So the woman at the well, he had to go sit there waiting for her at noonday yeah. for her to show up. Yeah, I love that. Um. Because Jesus, he does meet us where we are, right? And um, I think that there's so many pe people who might be struggling on their faith walk or on their walk with Jesus because they believe that they have to fit a certain yeah. model of what like a Christian is supposed to look like or, or how you're supposed to be in order to have a relationship with God. And if you don't fit that, model, then God doesn't want to have a relationship with you. Um, and one of the things I've learned is that God wants you exactly as you are, exactly as you are. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything before you have the relationship with him. Scripture tells us over and over and over again that Jesus did not come to save those that already found him or the righteous or the one that were walking his path. He came specifically for the lost ones. That was my reading this morning. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I always tell women that um, I've had people tell me like, Oh, but will I burn up if I walk into the church? Or does this mean that I have to give up my wine because I love my afternoon wine? I'm like, no, this is something that I heard from someone that I had on my podcast yesterday. Jesus is madly in love with us yes. as we are. And we don't believe that sometimes. Yeah. Many times, honestly, many, most of the times we don't believe in that. And so we feel like, okay, well, if I say the right things to him and I'm going to try to behave better and I'm going to try to give up that sin. No, he's the one that does all of those things. He's the one that convicts our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes into our hearts and changes us. And not a change because we feel like, well, now I'm going to church. Now I'm in a Bible study. Now I need to change. No, that love that he gives you first makes you love him so much that then those other things don't start to matter. You know, I love that you said that because I'm thinking back to like when I was a teenager, my poor parents, like I was, I was a hot mess. Like I was, I gave my parents like a really hard time um, because I was in a season of like just dysfunction. 
Um, and then eventually I grew out of that season and I got to a point in my life where I never wanted to disappoint my parents. Mm -hmm. Like I got to a point where I think it was my uncle that had asked me a question, you know, as to like why I do the things that I do or the direction I was going with my life. And I said, honestly, all I really want is to make my parents proud. Like everything I do is to make them proud. And I have taken that same philosophy or idea and have applied it to my relationship with my heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And so it's like now all I want to do are things that are going to make God proud of me. And so that looks like practically, you know, it's not me saying, oh, now that I'm a Christian, right? When I, or now that I have put God first again in my life, um, I have to not do this, this, and this. But more is like, I have no desire to do the things that maybe I did before because one, it doesn't bring me anything. And two, is it really making my heavenly father proud? Right. And I think that that's what starts to happen. The closer you get to the Lord, the stronger that relationship becomes, um, you're no longer going to desire to do the things that you once enjoyed or that, you know, or that you would just do because you were in certain environments or because you were friends with certain people. Um, and sometimes, and I'm going to, I hate to break this to those of you um, who might be just starting your journey, but sometimes getting closer to God is also going to mean that you are going to become distant from certain relationships you may have right now. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that the people, the circle that you might be in now or that you were in before, the things that they do may no longer align with who you're becoming. And you're not going to be attracted to that anymore. Yeah. Which is why it's so important to pray for holy friendships. Yes. Because it does get lonely. It does. But you know what I found too, Audrey? That when I started praying that, and I have it many times in my prayer journal, um, I say, God, please connect me with godly women. Please connect me with women that are going to help me on my journey when it gets hard and when it gets difficult and when I might not be able to carry myself. Surround me with women that will be able to uplift me during those moments. And God answers. And he does. And he does. Yes. Yes. Because even my relationship with you, I feel now is getting that much stronger um, because of the faith. And I've known you right for like a while. We've been connected for a while on social media, but there's it's no coincidence that I feel like our relationship now is much deeper than it was a year ago, even when I you know, participated in um, the Self-Made Mujer Conference. Like mm -hmm. we were, for all intents and purposes, virtual strangers. I mean, I knew who you were and I knew the yeah. work you did and I respected you um, in that capacity, but I know a lot more about you now. To be able to share crisis, to be able to share in all of life's up and downs. Yeah. With somebody else. You know, Nancy, you said something now that it's it's something that I'm working on and I'm praying through in my alone time with Jesus because I was raised to be the good girl. Mm. And I always wanted to make my parents proud, right? 
And I, I see, you know, sometimes we say that our relationship with God, the father mirrors our relationship with our own father, which is why some people do struggle sometimes with that relationship. Something that I'm working on right now is yes, to want to make my father proud, my heavenly father proud, but that it's okay if I'm that little child that breaks something. Mm. Oh, that yeah. with the tenderness that he still can pick me up and love me. Yes. I don't know. I'm getting emotional right now for that. Yeah. Um, because I think it's also this idea, right? That we have to be perfect mm -hmm. to make our father proud. And we don't have to be perfect. And I think that that's what I also learned on my journey because I was not like the perfect child I was very rebellious Audrey like if I, I could go uh, stories um of just how not good I was and not that I wasn't good um inherently in it right but it was just like I was constantly making like just bad choices yeah you know because I wanted to do what everybody else was doing you know even though I knew better like I've had, I have wonderful parents, like my father, my mother, like just incredible people. Um, but I was so heavily influenced by the world around me that I was lost. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you say that, that you're giving your per yourself permission to not always be the quote unquote good girl, that you can make mistakes and know that even in those mistakes, you can still make God proud. Was that tenderness of the father? Oh, I love that. Oh, I mean, I could go on and talk to you for hours. Um, I want right. to honor your time. <laughs> and so before I let you go, what's, I guess, one major takeaway or one key piece of advice that you would like to kind of leave my listeners with? And it could be about anything. It could be about their, their walk with Christ. It could be about business. It could be about mindset. But if there's any one key takeaway that you can give them, uh, what would that be? So something that has been really instrumental in deepening this relationship with him is that I started to think if we tithe our money, why aren't we tithing our time on a daily basis? Jesus, being God, would go for hours praying on his own. Mm -hmm. How about us? How much more do we that, right? So it's something that I began to do and it really, I, I feel embodies um, when he says, you know, set first your heart um, on the kingdom and righteousness of God and then all else will be given to you. Yes. So everything that you want, he's, he's the provider, but more than just the provider of the things that you want, as if he were a genie, the gift is Jesus himself. So spend that time because you will get so much, not just because you will get it, but just the fact that you can yeah. have that communion with him oh, will I change your life. Okay. So before I let you go, I want you to promote the Self-Made Head Conference that is coming in March. Uh, it's going let, to be. Tell them, tell the listeners what they can expect, why they should attend the benefit. I mean, I can talk about that conference, super impactful. You got to get in the room. You have to be with women that are on the same journey as you. And then also let them know how they can get the tickets and where they can find you. 
So the Self-Made Mujer Conference, I, I love to be able to say that it, it, we want to get to the heart of what makes successful women tick. We want to hear about not only all of your successes, but we want to hear about what makes you vulnerable, the things that you have struggled with, the things that you're scared of, and how you've continued to forge forward. I think it's so important for women to hear that part of the story and connect on that so you know that you're not alone. But the vibes... The vibes are, we like to say, Tony Robbins meets Bad Bunny. Mm, because if you're, if you're going to come out and spend a day, like let's say away from your kids or away from your responsibilities, we want you to feel like you're coming out to a girl's night. So, you know, get like a cute fit, come out, out and look to really connect with women that are going to take you to the next level. I know I love to always hear that our good friend Yvette met you that day and felt seen Girl, that was the biggest blessing that I didn't even know that I needed. I honestly, that connection, and it happens as a result of being in the room, but mm -hmm. it didn't even happen in the room. Like it happened mm -hmm. after the conference, you know, that we connected on social media and then boom, that, that woman has been such a blessing in she my is. life. I mean, I adore Eva. I love her. She's another fierce woman of faith. And I will forever be grateful um, to you, Audrey, to Sabrina, and the amazingness that you have created through that conference that allows for connections like that to happen. So that's, thank you for that. Uh, the tickets are on Eventbrite, but you can go over to our Instagram, which is at the underscore dream lab. Go to the link in the bio, get your tickets. We have something called the Amiga Bundle because sometimes we know that when we're on this walk, our friends and family might not be on board and we might be a little right. nervous to go somewhere by them by ourselves. So with the Amiga Bundle, you can get two tickets at a discounted rate together. Nice. All right. So I'm going to post yeah. the link for that too in the episode notes. Um, and how can my listeners connect with you if they want, um, you know, to book you as their coach or if they just want more information or just to kind of connect with you? Where can they find you? I'm always on Instagram. That's where I respond faster. It's at the Audrey Diaz. I also have alignedwithaudrey.com where you can sign up to my newsletter and hear more about my podcast. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, please look for Audrey, connect with her, get your tickets to the Self May Mujer Conference, bring a girlfriend, make it a girl's day. It's definitely a vibe, super fun. I will be there. Um, and I just thank you all again for tuning in um, to another week to the Women of Faith podcast. Until next time, remember that you were created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do and that you never forget that you were created for more.